Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode. It's great to, like I say, every single time, it's actually good to be back. It's good to be like, like a, on a kind of a grind type thing rather than just like slacking like I felt I was doing last time and last year. Although we had some amazing guests, I felt like I was kind of like, after the last guest, I was kind of like, just took a couple of days off because I was like, this will do well and it's not really the way to be. So much like our guest today, seems to like spread himself quite thin, like I do. Like I do multiple different things, but... I don't do as much as I guess today, and it's Alex Rogers. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm alright. Thanks for having me. It's uh, it's a great pleasure to join you. Yeah, it's my pleasure to have you. Yeah, you do, you do, you do quite a lot. Like you do, <laughs> you know, as as, as as well. That's what it looks like <laughs> from the outside. It looks like you you spread yourself quite thin, which is obviously good because it like keeps the mind going, keeps you driven, and keeps you like successful. But before we get into that, I have a curious question. Um, because you do so much, like you know, you're constantly but from what I can see you're constantly busy and stuff like that you're obviously like on I'm guessing you're on which we'll get them for people towards the end when I'm guessing you're on social media so like on your um social media it's more like your personal ones maybe not if you've got business ones or we'll get to that later as I say on your personal ones do you necessarily like watch what you post because of in the sense of nowadays like for to give a little bit of context to that um as I always say to people uh the when um if you're posting constant pictures of you going out all the time maybe drunk with your mates lying on the floor shouting and screaming and that employers are going to be like i don't i don't know about this guy because he's constantly mm-hmm. out he's constantly that what's what's your opinion on that one yeah so i um yeah i, I mean we have uh, i do quite a lot of things i have quite a lot of brands i like to kind of have a brand for different thing i don't like doing you know my media brand i don't like doing it for weddings and everything i like to have it spread out because then um yeah as you say it's it makes it easier to spread the content out and it's not like you know i'm posting me working at nightclubs and festivals on the same account that i post weddings because then weddings couple might watch that and go this guy seems to be partying a lot, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then vice versa. You know, my festival clients and nightlife clients aren't watching and going, "This guy's getting married a lot," or he's at a lot of people's weddings. So, <laughs> um, I mean, I try to keep it separate um, for each one. In terms of the content that I post, I actually don't tend to go on a lot of the socials that I have as such. So I have my Rezo uh, and a couple of other brands that I kind of run and I don't really tend to go on it. I make the content for it once a month or so. I batch edit it, I get it all together. I schedule it and then my girlfriend who also is kind of like a social media manager for all these things, she would usually go in every now and then engage, do the kind of um, social stuff on it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I tend to every now and then for the big ones, such as my weddings or my um, yeah, I mean, the wedding was on I tend to go on it, message people uh, or respond to our couples and things like that. While my work, one my media accounts, usually my Instagram, at Alex Rogers Media, just in case a plug, mm-hmm. um, I, I run that all myself because I had it running as like a posting weekly thing. Um, and I just found that while it, you know, it gave me engagement and it grew, grew my account, I realized that it became a little bit more, it became too kind of not corporate feeling, but it became too systematic and too businessy. And that one, I then changed my mind and said, you know, what? I want to make it a bit more personable. I worked with a lot of DJs, a lot of artists, and I wanted to make it a lot more kind of personal, you know, a lot more like, look, if these guys are interested in my work, they'll message me and they'll talk to me about it uh, because a lot of that sort of work is very personal. So, um, yeah, I kind of, I tend to definitely post everything that I look, I watch and I do. Um, I would never, I, I have, I'm a bit of a control freak and I wouldn't let anyone else decide what to post on the accounts just because I've got this like, it's not a hatred, but I've got this like pet peeve that I would hate something to be posted on a brand that my name's on and be like, oh, actually, I don't like it. 
Um, so as much as it probably annoys my girlfriend, who would probably love to take the job away from me and give me some more time, I, I just hate, <laughs> I hate, to, I'm a bit too control freak like that. So yeah, that's kind of where I stand with that. Um, but I, I also, in terms of what you said, um, you know, going out and partying and getting drunk and posting that, I have a personal account for all of that, something that I, I only share with people that I obviously know um, personally. Uh, and that's just to avoid that sort of thing. If you, know, if you go out on a night out once and uh, you, you post a video that it's not exactly for your client worthy, um, it's kind of separated and I don't have to worry about, you know, potential employees and companies seeing it and going, I don't know, this guy's a bit, <laughs> this guy goes out. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, <clears throat> it's weird nowadays how you actually have to monitor it. Like when I've been speaking to certain people, like even uh, off the podcast and things about coming on and all this sort of stuff, they say the same thing. They'd be like, you know, it's, it's fascinating how like easy it is. One, obviously it's easy to find because even though if your, mm. your name isn't under your name, it's still easy to find you. And two, because like employers will, you know, you're representing the company at the end of the day. Even if being like self-employed and stuff like that, you're, you're yeah, it's, it's, it's a slippery slope sometimes. But I mean, like, as long as you're not posting, as I said all the time, as long as you're not posting anything like completely ridiculous, then mm. I don't think anybody would bother. But um, yeah, just so with being, um, you know, in videos and creating videos and content and like being at weddings, like, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get to like, get to more stuff but another question I'm curious about is have you always kind of like known what you wanted to do or was there is this something that kind of like slid along type thing um slid along 100% um it it was uh, I actually always wanted to be so many different things um which is why I probably spend myself to think because I always want to do something else like I, I do one thing for six months and I'm like oh you know I wouldn't mind doing this now and I kind of change over which is why it just all seems to come together and do so much but I actually wanted to be a pilot for a long time <laughs> which was nothing to oh. do with what I do literally no. the furthest away from it um and I think that that kind of disappeared when I went to college and I was like oh yeah you need to work really hard and like you need to get really good grades and not that my grades were really bad or anything but they weren't to the standard of that sort of thing so I very quickly um, got into computer science um, and I wanted to get into software engineering, security, things like that. Um, so I did that at uni and I pretty quickly enjoyed it and I knew, okay, I'm going to do this. And then I started really getting into watching some YouTube videos some travel stuff like Sam Calder, uh, JL Alley and that sort of stuff where I watched it and I thought, oh, this is so cool. Like I just enjoyed watching the edits and thinking, yeah, I love this. I love, I just kind of like it. I like how it looks. I like the feeling it gives me. I it just felt really good. So I got my first camera and I just filmed a couple like random travel videos. I went to Italy and Portugal and filmed some couple things there. And I just really got hooked on it. And then in my end, in, on the end of first year of uni, I thought, how can I make money off this? Like, obviously I can't just travel and expect money to come flying to me. Obviously traveling is expensive. I can't do it. So I ended up thinking, okay, why don't I approach an event organizer around Oxford where I used to study and just ask them, you know, do you want, do you want like a promo video for like 20 pounds, which obviously pennies, especially that I was there for five hours and I, it took me out five hours to edit it. But I thought, you know, 20 pounds, like might as well get the ball rolling. I made a video, even though it was really bad <laughs> compared to some of the stuff you see around now. Um, but I just really enjoyed it. So I said to them, look, let's, let's do another one for 30. And they said, yeah, okay. Um, and then eventually I started working with an agency and that's, that's only then did I think, okay, I can do this. I can actually do this as a career. It wasn't a, I'm enjoying it. It was, I can make money off this. You know, they paid me a lot more, not great amounts though, but a lot more than that. And that's when I think it clicked to me like, ah, I can do this for, for a life. Like I can do this as a career. 
And that was a point where I thought, okay, I'm going to really give up my all. And that's also conveniently when um, my uni degree went. <laughs> I still completed it, but it kind of not the first year. I was like 90 A stars and everything, like super first. And then it kind of went downhill. But the only moment I probably realized, yeah, I can do this for a long time was when I actually started making good money from it and thought, okay, I can, I can make myself off this, you know, I can live off this and not just do it for fun. Mm. Yeah. So like, because, did you always, um, I know you're, you know, working for an agency and things like that, but did it, did you ever think, well, I'm actually going to do this, as you say, like for yourself, like self-employed, what was this, what was the steps? What did it feel like to go like to go self-employed? Because you kind of like, you literally rely on your. I know you have your uh, girlfriend in that, but you still rely on yourself technically for the business. What what was that transition mm. like? Um, it was. I mean, looking back at it, it was probably quite quite seamless in a way, just because at the time I was um, I was actually a swimming teacher at the time, which again, absolutely nothing to do with <laughs> what I'm doing now. Like it's just so no. random. Um, and I was kind of self-employed on that basis, where I worked with a company, but I was self-employed under them. So I kind of was already self-employed in a way. So to do, to then just add on like video on it and add the other stuff I was doing was just me going to a tax return and adding it in. And I think at, at that time I was like, oh, I'm actually self-employed. I, I remember doing my tax return first year. I had to pay nothing because I was so under the margin. But I remember filling it out and going, oh, this is my job now. That's, that's kind of cool. And then it just kind of went from there. And I think when I started getting more and more jobs, um, working mainly with the agency, um, but I started really working close with them, doing a lot of jobs for them. And when I started to realize that that job was paying me more than my swimming teaching, I thought, which at the time as well, for the age that I was at, it was crazy good money. We we're talking 20 pounds an hour, which is for an 18 year old, that was really good. So yeah. I was already in a very fortunate position. And when I realized that I can do better hours and more fun stuff and get paid more for it, I think that's when I realized, okay, I'm actually not going to depend on these guys anymore. I'm going to jump into video stuff. I still work with the agency for a while. And then only until last year, I realized that I don't need that agency as well anymore. And I kind of started doing a lot more on my own. And that was probably the first time I had a month of good income purely off my work, not off any, any other agencies. It was all in my name. It was all under me. And that was the first time, I think it was September, August or October last year is when that first month came and I was like okay I'm working for myself now this is me so it was a it was a spontaneous step it wasn't like I mean some people you know they they go into first year and they're like, okay six months I'm going to work with these guys and I'm going to hop off and start doing my stuff for me it was kind of all gradual but also really kind of really sudden really out of nowhere I was like yeah okay I'm doing this now hmm. see so, yeah, yes again it's quite impressive to be honest because it does it, it, I think it kind of shows like um, personal confidence and the fact that like <clears throat> you were able to think, yeah, you know, I could actually work by myself because not a lot of people are like, they tend to take the step, but they're maybe not sure. So they still always have that foot and then one slacks and then the other slacks. And sometimes they lose both because you're not putting the concentration in and all this sort of stuff. But um, so just to get like a little bit more background on yourself, uh, you worked at Lick, is it Licklist? Is that how you say it? Yes. Licklist. Mm -hmm. You still are you still you're still there just now, aren't you? 
Yeah, so I'm working um, with them on some video jobs. I do occasional video work for them, um, but I don't. I used to be a lot stronger in a company, as in I used to work a lot closer with them. But I kind of come off and decided, you know, I still work with them. It's not. It's not like anything bad happened. It's just I started working a lot more for myself. And you know, when your calendar books up, and you know, they would ask me, "Oh, can you do this job?" And I couldn't. You know, I kind of ended up working a lot more myself, really. Yeah. What's it? Say like um, you're approaching a company like that or they, or maybe they approach you. How do you fit them into your schedule when you're um, when you're doing a lot and spend yourself then? How does how does that work? Um, it's all really up to how you prepare your timetable. I mean, if you even though I do a lot of stuff and I, you know, I have spread myself quite a bit, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at the divide on the stuff that I do, um, weddings and nightlife stuff that I do is weekend work. It's not something that I do during the week. You know, I basically go out on a weekend, Friday afternoon, I'll drive out to wherever I am. Sunday evening, I'd come back home and start working on editing everything. Um, whereas all the other work that I would do, a lot of corporate or some live stream of work that I do, that's all Monday to Friday. You know, these companies don't work on Saturday, Sunday nights or mornings or anything. So I get to do them during the week. And all that then comes down to is just not being too stupid with my time where I book myself Monday to Friday to work and then Saturday, Sunday, I'm out. And, you know, I have no time to edit or no time to do anything else, which I have done before. And it's absolutely awful to, to do a week of work. And I have so much stuff to sort out and I don't have time for it. So it's it's just about, you know, planning out week by week, basically, how much time you have to do things. And then at that point, I'm able to look at, you know, I mean, my February, for example, now is pretty booked in a way that I can't fit anyone else in. However, there's two Mondays that if someone messages me and goes, um, oh, we would love to have a, a podcast recording on this Monday. Could you do it? And I'll say, yeah, yeah, well, there we go. Let's let, let's drive out to London. Let's film it. And that works well. Um, so it's just about, you know, managing uh, when each thing can be done and when, you know, as I said, corporate stuff is not going to come on the weekend. So I know that I can reserve that time for other stuff. And then vice versa. I know that I'm not going to go to a festival on Tuesday because who does a festival on Tuesday? <laughs> so I know that I can do other work then. So it kind of splits itself off um, relatively nicely. <laughs> yeah. So you kind of like learned then. Um, I, I'm always curious, like you do seem to have, uh, you know, your, yourself set like times and like days and how long it takes to edit. And just, just by the way you're speaking, have you always kind of been like that? Or was it like a lesson you learned where you were like, oh, like, this like I've not got enough time for this or have you always been like no there's like regimented as as the word I was looking for there yeah um if you were to ask my girlfriend she'd probably say I still haven't learned it (laughs) it's she'll probably still say I do way too much and too little time and I haven't got it done well and I could probably agree but if you asked me two weeks ago I'd probably have no idea either I'd still probably be quite lost it was only very very recently where I learned a tough lesson that you know it's important to manage your time in a way that's not too ridiculous. I mean, we're human after all, you know, we're not going to spend 18 to 20 hours working, even though someone might have a day where they sit down at 9am and then wake up at midnight and they've done, they just finished work. And I've had those days and sure that's possible, but it's not possible to keep going over a long time. So once I think the way I learned that lesson is I did one of those nights where I was editing a huge wedding film for two and a half weeks. but I was very silly and procrastinated the first week <laughs> and didn't do anything. And then a week and a half that I had left, I conveniently booked myself onto, I think it was like two festivals. And I was in London about three times during the week. And I had all these edits to do. And I ended up going, yeah, no, this is not going to work. Like, 
I really have to plan this out better. And that was the first time that I probably learned, okay, it's important to think about when I'm going to edit, when I'm going to shoot and when I'm going to deliver. And then honestly for video work, and this applies for quite a lot of creative work, you then need to give weeks time where the client might come back with changes or they might not come back with changes. And in four weeks time, they suddenly return to you and say, hi, sorry, we haven't got back to you. Where are the changes? And they give you a document of lists that they want to change. And, you know, then you have to apply some sort of clever time scheduling to then fit that in. And it's just, it's just how it is, you know, not everyone will work in the same timeline, but it's important to think about when things can be done, when things could be done and when things should be done. And that way it will then make it a lot easier to prioritize what you need to do, schedule things that you have to do. And then realistically, it will stop you staying up all night, which I still do. So <laughs> it's guilty for me to say this and I still do it. <laughs> <laughs> we all do, trust me. Um, see when you're, <clears throat> before we get like um, into your two other things, what, you know, I'm curious as well. See when you are working for yourself and like you're saying, you're doing a lot and how do you book like me time? I know you have a, a girlfriend in that, so maybe we'll add her in as well. But like, how, like, we'll say like couple time, like just you and her. How do you book time in for that? Because like, it's quite, it seems like work and that balance, that's meant to be quite hard. And so being a single guy myself, it's a lot bit different, but you know, you're actually in a relationship. So it's a lot, how do you manage to balance that and work so much? How does that, how does that correlate? Yeah, well, we have this very fortunate, but at the same time, very unfortunate thing that we're both self-employed. <laughs> we, we both have our own thing. She has a bakery and then the rest of it. So she does a lot of work on that. And then when she um, wants, has a bit more work time or wants a bit of stuff, I she helps me out and, you know, helps me sort myself out. Um, the lucky thing is um, we are quite relaxed when it comes to times, you know, I don't pick myself off nine till five at the end of the day. And I say to her, I'll see you after that. And we usually say, oh, you know, how about today we go out for a walk at lunchtime or we say, oh, well, let's have dinner today. And then we kind of just you know, have some time together and then work will come on the other side, you know? So if I go see her lunchtime and we go for a lunchtime walk or see each other, then I know that I have to wake up a bit earlier, get my stuff done in the morning that I really need to get done. I go see her and then when I come back, I'll have like, I don't know, an hour or two to just relax, you know, sit back, do whatever I need to do and then get back to work and get, get everything else that I need done. So I'm very lucky in that way that I keep it quite relaxed, which also then comes back to bite me in the ass when I have too much going on and I, I come back at 9 p.m. from seeing her, we're doing stuff, 9 p.m. and I've got, I don't know, four or five hours worth of work to do that I have to do that evening. So <laughs> it's um, not, unfortunately, I'm not the best of that part of it, but it all comes down to just um, j just not stressing yourself out of it as well. I think so many people, they listen to um, podcasts or they watch videos about being disciplined and about really keeping to times and things like that. I mean, Pomodoro techniques and things like that, which the principles of them are great. You know, it's great to have a great timeline. But the way I do it, and I'm going to show an old page of my diary, the way I do it is rather than keep a timetable, I just write down things that I need to do. You know, and I go day by day, I wake up in the morning and say, OK, what do I need to do today? I write a list and rather than sliding in time slots and things like that, which I always know I never stick to. I just think write things that I need to do. And as long as I go to sleep, having done all this stuff, that's that's the day done. And no matter whether that's at 2 p.m. and I've got the rest of the day or whether that's at 2 a.m. and I can go straight to sleep. As long as I get these things done in a good time and I, you know, I usually write in a to-do list, which sounds really odd, in a to-do list to see girlfriend or, uh, you know, trim beard, have a haircut or something. <laughs> that still counts. And, you know, as long as I have these things done, that's my day done. And I'm happy about it. Yeah, I am. Um... 
I, I, you know, and I, I, again, you should be as well, because I think like what you're doing and um, setting to-do lists and stuff, I mean, I do the same as you can imagine with podcasts, try to like juggle people and stuff like that. I do the exact same and it actually makes you feel really accomplished. Even when you take, I use uh, the, the notes thing on my phone, so it's a little bit different, but like even like, you know, deleting that note and then you get to the last one and it's gone and you're like, well, I actually accomplished way more than I thought, but I'm really like, the, the, what you said about the discipline thing and the motivation stuff and, you know, you can do it, screw everyone else, all this sort of stuff. It's like, yeah, you can make videos that look like that, but it's not as easy as that. Like, it, mm. I see it all the time and people tag me and stuff, you know, motivation, you know, be a billionaire and a million, you see the yacht. It's like, yeah, but it's not like that. Like, it's not as straight line. They make it look mm. so straight line. It's not. It's probably, you, the chances of getting to some of those places are like extremely slim, but you know, it's, it's as long as you like, you have to kind of like stay motivated when you're in roles and things like that. But that's something that, you know, a lot of people, um, it's a good question as well. What, 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 what would you say every day, apart from like, you know, the whole money thing, because obviously we all need to pay bills and stuff like that. What, what keeps you motivated to do like the content you do and work as hard as you do? God, good question. <laughs> I think I, uh, it's, it's hard really to say because I, I mean, I recently, realize that I don't really have anything that kind of you know wakes me up and I go do it you know um probably a lot of the time it is money um because it's you know it's as you say it's pay the bills but I also I just like chasing targets and chasing things that I am planning to do you know I set myself usually every year a goal to reach a certain amount of revenue for a year and what that makes me do is I then split it per monthly how much I need to do and then every month is sort of just a chase, you know, it's it's a chase of making sure I get to those targets, making sure I beat them. And um, I guess the, the thing after that that really motivates me is just just being able to do cool stuff, really. I mean, there's no, there's no other way to put it, you know, that I, I know that if I, you know, go film a gig, for example, for a DJ and I'm thinking, OK, this gig is a bit boring. It doesn't look great or something. I know that I can, can come back. And as long as I make it look good, I know that I will then have a chance to show myself in front of other people's eyes that might give me a better opportunity. You know, it's been countless times where I filmed uh, at a venue and I think, God, this sucks. This is going to be so dead. Like I, I just know that I'm going to come back and hate how it looks or hate just something about it. And then there was one in particular that I came back and I had that. And the next day, three of the artists that I filmed have published their stuff. And I got messages from like four people being like, um, you know, I, I mean, I had one massive artist who messaged me that day and said, hi, can you come from print works with me? <laughs> and, you know, that coming off a tiny venue that I hated, it kind of said, okay, well, you know, it was still worth it. And, you know, and okay, money was one thing, but I've, it just made me do some cool stuff. So as much as there's not something that I wake up to and I go, okay, this motivates me to keep working, apart from money and paying stuff. Uh, it's just the fact that if I get through it and, you know, especially something like weddings, which edits do drag on, you know, they, they're long, long editing sessions. I know that once I finish it, I have a chance to then do a bigger project a bigger client or you know do a wedding in somewhere else and it's just the fact that I can change scenery all the time keeps me on my toes so I yeah as much as I don't have anything that wakes me up and makes me you know grind rise and grinds like some uh some would say um it just makes me wake up and think okay I, I need to get it done to then be able to do something that I envy others are doing or something that I wish I was doing yeah which again is impressive to be honest <clears throat> and it takes a lot of discipline to do that because it's not it's, again like you said it's not 
there does come the money type thing, but you actually, um, like I said, when I contacted you, you do need to love what you do. At the end of the day, mm. this does, especially with like creating stuff, working for yourself and things like that. Because if you don't, again, it can slack, it can come down and it, it is a huge problem, to be honest with you. Um, mm. Now you do, a, a, I'll go into these, I'm going to get this name really wrong. Not this one, but booked it and uh res you how do you res yeah i knew you were gonna say wrong yeah so booked it is um it's just a spin-off of liquid so they're kind of the same thing and i kind of again just worked kind of occasionally with them it's it's not what i did properly but rezo yeah rezo is something that it's uh yeah that's mine (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, it's as as many people know having being dyslexic and trying to read big words is just I know. <laughs> well, it's even worse. That's French. So whenever I speak to anyone about a date, say Reju, Reji, and I'm like, no, it's Rezo. But don't worry, I didn't know how to pronounce it. It wasn't my name. It, I didn't come up with the name. And when I got told how to pronounce, I thought, bloody hell, no one's going to be able to pronounce it. <laughs> so, do you want to explain a bit about what it is? And uh, I know obviously it's video editing and stuff, but what about you do? Because we are. Um, you were saying weddings and DJs and stuff like that. Does that all come under this or is that amongst other different things? So funny enough, Rezo is something completely different. Rezo <laughs> is uh, more of a web design agency, which obviously has absolutely nothing to do with the other stuff. It's something so completely different. Um, but obviously that comes off more from my degree. And, you know, I still have a bit of passion for computer science. So I started last year with um, with with a friend of mine and we kind of brought up and I then said to my, I, it was during the um, lockdown when everything, you know, was shutting down. I obviously had no video work out there. I couldn't go out. I couldn't film. So I said, okay, how can I make use of what I can do right now in my, in my house without leaving, without going anywhere and still be able to help myself out? You know, I wasn't aiming to, I don't know, get hundred thousand pounds a year. Like some gurus say, you know, oh, start a digital marketing agency and you'll be able to turn over 20,000 pounds a month, uh, you know, scaling massively. It wasn't like that. For me, it was more do something productive with my time and still get a little bit of money from it. So I kind of started it up and yeah, we just, I just kind of did it on the side. I focused more on it when I didn't have any other work, um, <clears throat> you know, making websites for clients and <clears throat> helping them out with some other things. And I just kind of scaled it in part-time, you know, not, not during my main time. I didn't use my whole days for it, but when I had time, I basically sat down and did some stuff and I ended up, uh, partnering up with, uh, another digital marketer in Scotland who I work with a lot over his clients. And basically it's kind of just something that I do on the side as a recurring income source, something that just, you know, brings some money in monthly, uh, you know, through numerous means of revenues. And I can basically, the whole idea was at any time I can drop off and not do it. And it will still generate something while I can focus on my main stuff. And it's worked out quite well. But as you said, um, well, I mean, as I, as I kind of said, it was wrong. It's nothing to do with anything else I do. It's so completely disconnected. But actually, that's a great thing. Because then, you know, forbid it happens, but all cameras in the world disappear and no one can film anything. Or we go into a lockdown, which is far more likely. Um, you know, I then still have something that comes to me and I can turn to and work on it which you know was an issue that I had at the start of the first lockdown 2020 now I don't have this issue now I know that if I was to my video company just completely disappears I know that I can go back to this and it's got the the base built on it and I can just keep working on it and you know possibly could get as a second job but then again I don't really have time (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, that's right. You do spread yourself thin. I'm just like myself. You do way too much, you know. Like sometimes it gets over, but I mean, it keep, it keeps you working, it keeps you busy, and it keeps. I think it what like, I think what a lot of people uh, forget as well is that like there's fair enough having like uh, you know spare time as people call it. You know, night like if you're at a normal, um, I always say normal because it is the normal thing to do. Like maybe it's eight till six mm-hmm. now, I suppose, but that type mm-hmm. of stuff, and then go home, like eat your dinner, and then sit and watch telly, and then. It just seems to me it just seems very very boring and very monotonous yeah. but people do do it and they love it fair enough you know good for them each to their own but um i do think that you need like kind of like an extra thing like yourself you know like having a even because as i said before a lot of people start as in like videoing or folk photography or something like that or even baking there's another one that people start at, alongside their main jobs wait until it takes off and then leave but then that comes with like time management and you mm-hmm. know deadlines and stuff which can can definitely be a pain but um, I'm curious about your wedding business as well um, because I always like as I said to you before the podcast started I always like helping people you know pr- promote and stuff because it's just you know you gave me your time and I really appreciate it so I was like I want to help promote this so it's, I'm curious about this um, weddings are probably I can't say on the podcast but like I've some had some crazy time at weddings um, with people and mm. <clears throat> various different places as you can probably as, as viewers as well can probably imagine so do you want to tell us a little bit because you said uh, this is quite new isn't it your wedding because you've done the dj side of stuff but your wedding stuff's like brand new do you want to tell us a bit, a bit about that yeah so i <clears throat> i mean the wedding the wedding kind of brand from it stemmed again during the middle of a lockdown where i was thinking okay what can i do that is a nightlife and i it, before then i filmed one wedding and it wasn't very good <laughs> it was a really really bad video but you know it's something and i knew that a lot of the skills i learned since i filmed that which is three years ago could be used better you know i could definitely make it better i could rewatch it and say to myself i could make this 10 times better if i filmed it right now so i just ended up um i mean on a fluke i run some facebook ads for some wedding stuff and just by complete coincidence um <laughs> at the same time a friend of mine from another work he messaged me and he was like do you do weddings and I said well I can I can do weddings if you want me to and uh, I kind of fluked it a little bit and you know uh, I didn't oversell myself as such you know I definitely didn't lie I don't want to make it seem that way but I I basically talked about wedding work as if it's a skill that I have been you know that I'm doing that you know it's something that I'm mainly focused on um, and obviously I delivered them a video, at a, you know, decent price and they were happy. I was happy. And I thought, okay, I can definitely do this. So I ran more Facebook ads. It just grew. And then came to a point where I went from having done one wedding in my life to five months later, I have 20 weddings booked for this year, <laughs> all of a sudden. Um, and I realized, yeah, okay. I need to actually give it the time of day properly. I can't just do it alongside my name and my brand. Because as I said before, I can't advertise my wedding services at the same time as club and festival stuff. So I kind of disconnected it. I made its own brand, Weddings by AR. And I said, okay, I'm going to grow this as like, not an agency as such, but as like a bigger brand, something that I can have numerous people working with me on, something that I can have really scale it to a point where we can deliver these insane films, insane photos to, you know, couples all over. And um, yeah, I mean, it's it, it grew really, really quickly because luckily I rode the wave of weddings, you know, cancellations and everything being moved to this year. So I luckily came in at the perfect time where everyone for one was looking for someone because their videographer or their photographer cancelled. So I was able to, no better word, cash in on it and really, really dig in. And so 
yeah it's i just decided to really grow it as a its own brand because i think it's only fair for <clears throat> especially weddings you know these these couples are paying thousands of pounds towards their wedding and you know our packages are not the most expensive but they're not the cheapest and that you know any sort of money that people pay i always want to respect you know respect them for it and i always want to make sure that they have the proper time of day i wouldn't want someone paying me for, for their wedding film and i can't give them the time of day on my instagram because i'm thinking about other posting other stuff so it just came naturally to disconnect it and now it's just come to a point where i was able to just recently rebrand it completely and make the website look a lot nicer you know change how we do things and make it into a more kind of not sophisticated but a bit more of a round all-round thing where i know that when someone books with us they are it sounds so cliche they're not booking a service they're booking an experience mm-hmm. and so you know i really invested a lot of time and money into making sure that how we deliver things is it's top notch you know when you get when a couple gets the wedding film i want them to open the link or get the get a usb and go wow this is great this looks amazing and then they watch the film and go yeah this looks great you know because then it kind of gives you a better all-around experience so it kind of grew from that and luckily i'm able to at a point where i you know again i'm scheduling socials once a month and i can take the rest of the time to answer emails answer people's messages get in touch with couples you know obviously they're waiting 12 plus months for their booking once a month, I can send them an email. Be like, "Hey, how are you doing? I hope your new job is doing well. I hope your family is doing well. This is what we've been up to. Um, this is our recent wedding film. Have a look at it. Tell me what you think." And you know, it's it made it a lot more personable. Like, made a lot more of experience. And I think that's made such a huge change to that whole brand. You know, I was able to charge more. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm able to charge more because I'm spending more time on it. But I'm also able to just take a lot more pride in it, and I'm able to take less bookings charge more money for it but spend more time per booking which at the end of the day it's a win for me it's a win for the couples and the quality just goes up and it just scales from there yeah at the end of the day as well as, as you'll quite uh, you'll know yourself it's all about customer service so it's mm. if you're treating somebody the best way you're going to get the best cut you're going to get people coming back but again like you're saying if if um if someone was doing it and they were like slacking a little bit and just not really yeah, like booking it and then just not speaking to them or something like that. They could be like, uh, I don't know, because then they're like, well, what is this guy doing? Is he? Because then they have to look for you. But if you're actually always reaching out to them, they'll feel like it's more a partnership. And then when you go to their wedding, they're going to be like, feel there's that connection there. It's, it's a good idea. But say like, uh, just obviously we won't have, we don't necessarily need to talk prices because that's personal. But if somebody organizes a, a package with you, what kind of thing does that like entail? Yeah, so we offer a few packages. We, we now introduced a new one, uh, but we offer four packages per service. So four video packages, four photo packages, and four photo and video bundles uh, as an all-in-one. And um, our wedding film band bundles, um, it depends obviously on what tier you have, but they range from anything to from a seven to nine minute film, which is like a nice and short uh, film of the whole day, up to a full length 20 to 30 minute film, which obviously is a lot more of like a documentary style. Uh, and then you get lots of other things depending on the package you can you choose you get like a one minute social film trailer uh which is obviously like a one minute very short edit that we love to create just because it's great for us to post on socials but it's also a great thing to send out and we've seen this so many times where we make it and they knew it was coming in the package and then they get it and they're like oh i didn't know we get this and they watch it and they're like oh i'm gonna post it now we had the month of groom who was so surprised that we got it he sent me a voice note and was like are you sure this was for us? Like, are you sure we paid for this? Do you need to pay anything more? And I was like, no, 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 this is in your package. And he said, amazing, let me post it right now. And he posted it at like 1 a.m. because he was so excited to get it out there. And I, it was a private account, so I didn't get tagged on it. 
And then a week later, we follow, I follow him and everything, and I see it. <clears throat> and even though he posted at 1 a.m., all these people commented like, we love this. This is so cool. This is amazing. So um, that's one of the cool things that we include in the package. And then obviously all the other things that we include, like, uh, you know, 4K, uh, drone stuff, um, keepsake edits, which are just basically every, every clip we take from the day, we put it chronologically. We cut out things that I think don't really suit, you know, to show or things that don't look great. And just put some music in the background of it, put audio, that's it. It's like a super edit, you know, these are usually two to three hours long. Um, but they're great for couples who really want to have um <clears throat> who really want to have like a, a memory of the whole day to watch once every other year, whereas opposed to the normal films, which they can probably watch on every anniversary or so. So mm-hmm. that's the kind of stuff we include. Photography, pretty straightforward, you know, photos. Um a couple of things we do is like engagement shoots and things, but mainly the things we focus on is the the wedding films because that's obviously something that um is a lot more refined and takes a lot more time to process but the end result i believe is so much more not impressive but so much more memorable you know i mean how many times have you taken photo of something never looked at it again but i can tell you how many times we've taken a wedding film and every couple months that couple reached out and say just watch it again we love this we love this we love this you know so yeah i mean i kind of went off track a bit but that's kind of what's included you know uh longer wedding films short wedding film and then we have some in between you know full edits of ceremony speeches and um highlight videos in between so a bit of everything but we keep it straightforward because the biggest thing that i wanted is to give like concrete packages that we say to them this is what we have but then if we have a couple that come in and say, oh, we would love to have something like this, I say to them, yeah, let's do it. You know, let's let's keep it flexible. I always say in the first email back, I always say, these are the packages, but tell me what you want to do and we can make it happen. Yeah, there's, again, because sometimes, it, you know, it, they might have like custom orders and like, maybe like, as you, as you just said, we have, you know, you do do the, the custom type of thing. But what's like, again, and I'm not in cahoots this may like I'm in cahoots with your girlfriend or anything like that but being at mm. weddings all the time does that make you want to get married <laughs> and I'm not in cahoots I swear oh my god I'm gonna send life. this to, I'm not. gonna send this to my girlfriend and, and link at this exact timestamp. yes oh my god every wedding <laughs> not 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 me personally as such because obviously I'm working in it but she comes along and assists me or does some live streaming stuff um and from now she's also going to come and do some social media reels and stuff and weddings Every wedding that she's been with me, she, we're looking at something and she she turns to me and goes, it's really cool, doesn't it? Like, ah, for God's sake. <laughs> so every wedding or every time I edit a film, I send it to her, she's like, that's really cute. When are you going to make ours? <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. Oh my God, yeah. She's going to absolutely love that you said this because it's it's something that I get asked so often. And every time she's there, she's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Well, um, you know, it, it would be quite funny as well because it's, it's again, you don't have to say who, but I mean, who somebody would have to video your wedding and take and take photos, and you can't exactly do it yourself and be like, hold on a minute, I need to like go and video. Who would you choose to do that? Like, would you you would have to choose like a close friend or somebody that you knew that was good? That's the thing. Yeah. Well, it's this dilemma that you know you. A lot of people say don't don't get your friends to work at your wedding, and I absolutely agree with it. I think you know you shouldn't have your friends who you'd invite as guests over on your wedding. However, the, the reason, well, not the reason, but the other thing that we're doing with the weddings by AR is I am trying to find some you know cinematographers and photographers that I would love to work with, or you know f- for them to come work with us. Um, so we have currently we had Nathan who recently joined us, who is currently our second videographer but I am actually wanting him 
to become the main videographer because he works mainly in films and TV. So he has this really cinematic like approach to how he works. Whereas for me, it's more so documentary and event style. So while it's not so far away, I really like how he films stuff and he brings such fresh breath of air to it. So if I was to get married and have someone do my films, I definitely want to get to a point where I can train, not train, but have someone that I trust would work with me to work on my film, if that makes sense. Because then if I trust them with another couple's film, I can trust them on my own. And that takes a lot less trust. So that's probably what, how it's going to end up. And definitely photography-wise, it's going to be Sharav, who's our head of photography. And he is a, he's a great partner, a business partner that I've worked with on so many weddings for. And he's just so talented and someone 100% going to be. So while I'm not thinking about a wedding right now, I definitely know who I'm going to have there to work with before. <laughs> See, yeah. Uh, the thing is, as well, is when you're when you're at all these types of events. I mean, when you're at weddings, and because as I said, I've been to had a lot of crazy times at weddings and like you know events and things like that. You are kind, you are part of the event. Like you do six. I mean, we sat down with the photographer and stuff. I don't know if he was meant to, but we sat down and we kind of got a little bit hammered with him because we were like, you know, you've spent the whole day working so hard, and then he was like, oh, I really need to go. Like yourself, I need to go home. I need to edit. I was like, well, you may as well just stay the night because it was at a hotel. Um, at the McDonald's resort and it was amazing and uh, we just said you may as well just come and stay like plenty of rooms plenty of stuff because mm. you literally spend you see them and they're like we're at uh, weddings and stuff you're obviously kind of you're not on the move all the time but you're kind of like paying attention to various different things you're speaking to people and networking and networking as I call it and things like that but these photographers and like yourself you mean you are literally on the ball all the time like, everywhere you look you are like doing something and it's mm. it's 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 crazy it's it's it's, it's admirable to be honest but just before we move on what's um what's the social medias of your uh wedding and stuff just for people your wedding company sorry just for people to be able to shout out yeah of course so <clears throat> the weddings brand is at weddings by ar uh, that's on facebook instagram i don't use twitter um <laughs> at all ever so you will never find me on there um <laughs> but on instagram and facebook is at weddings by ar and my media brand is at alex rogers uh media uh on instagram i don't know if i changed it on facebook but i don't really use it um and then Reza, it doesn't really matter. I don't really usually advertise it anyway, so you don't have to worry about it. But yeah, Weddings by AR and Alex Rogers Media. Yeah, so, uh, and again, I, I appreciate it. I just like to always get, I will, as, as people know, I'll get them towards the end as well, just because of everything we were talking about, I feel it's good to have like a section kind of, you know, done. Now I'm curious though, like with, with um, on like another, and again, thank you for what you, we spoke about in your time on that stuff. But I'm curious as well, is um, with being, you know, freelance and self-employed, it is a lot, like it takes a lot of time and, lot of motivation and things like that but you know you don't have to say what your parents do but like is that does that come from them like that type of motivation you know like you need to be able to do this or like you can do this or were they just like you know what if you want to go and do it go and do it like do whatever you want type thing yeah I think um <clears throat> yes and no really um I mean my dad worked as a contractor and self-employed for a couple of years uh, and my mum she did something self-employed years and years ago, even before I was born, and then she went into a proper corporate job. Um, so in a way, yes, but not really because they don't do that anymore. Um, but it was, um, I mean, the reason I ended up in this situation is purely because I am insanely stubborn. <laughs> it's it's one of those things where if I, they know this, that if I really want to do something, I'll, I'll do it. It's just, it's the unfortunate, uh, fortunate decision, you know, it's, it's two in one. Um, and it was the sort of thing where I when I started doing it in first year of uni and start of second year, and I was, I was, I talked to them into, you know, I was warming them up to the idea. They didn't really like it just because, you know, I was doing a very good degree. I mean, computer science is one of the best paid uh, post uh, 
post um, graduate jobs. So you and I'm saying I'm going to drop out just for no reason. You know, obviously it's, I didn't plan for it, but that's kind of how it sounded to them. So I think they were very anti it just at the start because of that. And also because they, and neither did I, didn't see any money coming in really. You know, you can't live on the money that I was earning at the time. So I stuck with it. And I think there came a point where I was earning enough while still doing my studies to, to you know, to live, to get a good wage. And you know, I was doing quite well for myself. And I think that was the time that I approached them and I said, look, I'm going to be honest. I think once I finish uni, I'm going to give myself a year to work for myself until this time and I'm going to really really like really hit hard and really see how far I can go with it and I said to them look if it gets to January January of 2021 and I don't get anywhere um I'm going to just go 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 my degree job you know I haven't lost anything I tried it and you know that's peace of mind um now that was just before <laughs> January of 2020 which <laughs> obviously we know what happened in 2020 yeah. um you know it was a uh, not a great year, <laughs> not a great year for anyone, yeah. um, which obviously hit me hard. And yet still, I was, I, I think I moved back home after uni and I, I think my mum especially saw how much I was putting work and time into making it work for myself and making some of myself. You know, I found, I worked with a company on some live stream productions. I started doing some real estate work, which I don't do anymore, luckily, um, and some other bits of bobs. And I think she kind of just realised, yeah, do you know what? He's working hard for what he does um, and it, it was working out for me. I was doing fine in the end and I think they kind of went, okay, well, we'll leave him to his, to his own own devices really. And I think even if they didn't, I'll probably still be doing the same thing. <laughs> so it wasn't as such inherited from them, but I think it definitely was more just my character of, you know, if I really want to do something and everyone hates this around me, you know, my girlfriend, my parents, if I really want to do something, I will just do it. No matter what the advice is, unless I know that's super wrong, I will end up doing it just because if I have a drive for something, it just, I just push for it and I just try it out. Yeah. You never want to lose the ability to do that as well, because if you may be like thinking something like, Oh, I really want to do this. I really want to do that. And then you cancel it. Chances are next time you really want to do something, even if nobody else had any uh, add into it, you're going to be like, Oh, well, I maybe don't want to do it. And then subconsciously your body will be like, yeah, that's exactly what you shouldn't be doing. So you'd be like, okay, mm -hmm. take back when really it, Again, it's very like cliche, cringy saying, but you do only live once. Like you may as well yeah. do your passion every single day. Because as I said to you before as well, that not not a lot of people actually get to do that. Like, not a lot of people actually get to do what they want to do, or they have the um, the ability, or they have the confidence to do it. You know, do what they want to do. And I think I think on top of that as well, the best time to try something out is now. Which yeah, cringe, so cringe and so cliche. But the best time to try something out is now and even better when you're young. And, you know, I'm not even though I sometimes feel like I'm 50 somewhere with my back and my neck. Um, I'm only 23. And when I started this all, I was like 20, 21. And while I didn't have huge amounts of money to waste, I just said, like, if I if I lose this money now, really, you know, buying the camera gear, buying everything and I don't earn it back. Who cares? I've got another 50 something years to catch up like what's what's the worst that can happen and even if I was 30 something I'd probably say the same thing I think the only time I would say oh don't try this out now you know it's not the right time it's when I was about to retire you know that's probably the worst time to try something like that but mm. otherwise the right time to try something is now and when you're young which is all the time until you're about the retirement age <laughs> yeah yeah it's like I got that um, <clears throat> a bit of I suppose people that watch this show will know but I've never actually told yourself I like uh, when I became sober, I'm 27 now, but when I became sober at 18, that's when I was like, you know, I actually really need to get a grip. So I went to college, 
had a security company for a couple of years, went really well. That then we got rid of it just because of like, you know, different business partners shifting and wanting to go and do different stuff. Got another business partner had that, and it's just been as I said last year when I was like, you know what, I should maybe like, I could because I kind of want to like you know move to like wherever the job may be. So I was like, you know what, may as well just like go and get a degree, which I'm near, which I will be finished this time next year. And I was like, well, may as well just go and get the degree and do like start doing the podcast start speaking to you because at the end of the day like it's, it's weird again it's really clear it's all these sayings are really like cliche and cringy but it's true you could walk outside your house well i stayed you know near a road so you could walk outside your house and get hit by a car and that could be it like you could not have the ability you still be here obviously but you'd not have the ability to do that anymore so it does come down to that type of thing that you know money comes that you can you obviously you need you need money to live obviously but it does come to an extent where like money isn't necessarily like you know that important it's sometimes better going like yourself going self-employed and then working harder because I always say to people like um if I'm ever doing any work I don't do it like professionally like yourself it's just like oh you do a YouTube video you know come record my YouTube video or my music video sound but I don't do it like on a professional scale it's just like friends I know that like rappers and stuff like that so I do it for them just on a one-to-one thing but it does come to like you kind of like and I, I'm, I'm curious on your your opinion on this as well is that you kind of respect money you earn yourself which is obviously people like yeah with a main job but I mean like literal money that comes from a client to you you're going to respect mm. that way more than what you would have done like what's your what's your opinion on that one 100% I don't mean I could have put it any better to be honest I think um when you you know when you work for as a contract for a company you know a nine to five or eight to six or whatever job I think the money that comes in almost doesn't it doesn't feel yours you know because you're going through the motion you're just going in clocking in and clocking out and while I you know I understand that a lot of people enjoy that or they just have to do it that's fair enough I'm not I'm not saying that's a bad thing to do but I think when you're working for yourself and you are responsible for earning that booking you know I mean the clients don't just come to you you have to earn them in some way you know you have to get them you have to find them you have to work with them you have to grind to get these especially the first clients um you know so that that step alone is rewarding enough when when it succeeds you know even if you don't get a paycheck that day when you when that client comes back to you and says yeah let's do it that's the best feeling that's a straight away rewarding and I think then when the money starts coming in from that it just I don't know it's so much it's so amplified you know if you get a hundred pounds from a client to do something that alone when I was starting felt like 10,000 pounds to me when I got that first, when I got my first 500 pound paycheck from work uh, for you know working for myself I felt like I was a millionaire I just I it's just felt, felt like so much to me <laughs> I mean this sounds so funny now it came to a point where it went in my bank account and I was just looking at it thinking what am I going to do with it? Where am I going to put it? What? And you know, I started thinking, oh, maybe I should invest it. Maybe I should save up. What am I going to do? And obviously now it's so funny looking at that, but it's, it feels so much more, it, it feels like so much more than it actually is just because, yeah, as you say, you earn to yourself and it feels so much, so much more important. I think it's also the fact that you, you did the process from start to finish and, you know, you get that final pay, you're going to get the last money it just feels like you've done so much more work for it than you probably would think you have. You know, as I said, you land a client, you speak to them, have to communicate with them. At any of these points, the client can simply say to you, I'm, I'm off. I don't want any more of this. Mm. And you're going to lose it. But if you kept them throughout, 
that feels so much more rewarding to get that phone a paycheck because you've done the whole thing. You've done everything. It's like working for a company, but doing the receptionist jobs, doing the admins jobs, doing their PR jobs, doing the manager job, doing the admin job, you know, everything. And so that money goes, you know, it doesn't go further because you end up spending it quicker, um, <laughs> but it ends up feeling so much more than it probably is, which I personally like because it almost makes you feel like, you know, it makes you feel like you can earn a bit less, which I've had, and you're still happy with it. And like you said, you know, it makes you, it makes it feel so much, so much better, really, so much more rewarding. Yeah. The, and I think people look at you differently when, you, again, just from speaking from a, a, a knowing business owner, as you could say, is one way to put it, like being close friends, they kind of look at you differently when you're self-employed because they're like, you know, maybe going to take you over other people because like, again, this is just, just coming from like a point of view of that I've seen, but self-employed people seem to work harder than people that are employed by companies. I don't know if that's necessarily mm. true with every industry, but just when I've had, um, for example, I won't say any norm, I won't say companies, but when I've had like plumbers in that work for a company, they work hard. But then when I've had self-employment plumbers working for a company, they work way harder. Like it's mm. it's it's weird. It's it's a weird kind of like avenue about it. But like when people are, I just what I've found over the years is that like I say, like I'm 50 or something, but like people that work for themselves work way harder than people that don't. It just, it kind of is what it is really. There's no like, mm. you know, if so, but so about it. But with working for yourself and like doing all these different things and that, I'd say, where do you see yourself in five years? Is that another cliche saying? But where would you, well, where would you see yourself in like maybe like the next handful of years? It's a better way to put it. So are you wanting to like scale your businesses or like, are you wanting to work for maybe like, doing this all to work for a certain company or what's your what's your overall goal yeah i think um you know i set yearly goals and i always try to aim for those and i kind of change what i want to do constantly as you can probably tell by all the things i do i constantly change what i'm doing so probably if you know once this goes out i'll watch this back in three years look at it and go you idiot this is nothing of what you want to this is not where you went at all where has this all gone but i think um you know, I think I finally want to stop. <laughs> ironically, I want to stop doing more. I want to stop splitting myself constantly because I've got one other project that's coming on that I can't really talk about yet. But it's it's another thing that's something completely different from everything else <laughs> again. Um, and I think once I do that, I think I want to say to myself, yeah, you know, this is this is now it. Like let's let's focus on what you're doing for now, and then you know, either put one business you know to work for itself. I think eventually the way I want to get to it is that my media brand that I'm doing all the festivals and nightlife for, I can just continue doing it as I am. I don't really want to change it too much. I want to be personable with it. I want to have it as like a personal thing that, you know, if I want to film a festival, I can approach managers or approach organizers or approach agents of artists and say, you know, I can do a gig with you on this. This is how much it's going to be. And, you know, eventually we can make it work. Um, wedding wise, I want to make it into a really strong kind of brand where, you know it's it's the first place people would turn to for their like dream wedding videography and photography which obviously is a huge goal and it's not going to take three five seven years it's probably going to take 10 15 years but i want to get to a point where i can have a, a great team of people to work with a great creatives that um you know i can feel confident to send them to somebody else's wedding and they will create create art quite frankly that's what i want to end up being um in terms of rezo i just want to have it on the side i'm not it's not our main focus at all. It's something that I just have on the side. Maybe when the other things are kind of running on autopilot as such, I can focus a little bit more on expanding it. But I want to just want to keep on side. And then just just do kind of fun stuff. I think I want to come to a point where I want to travel a lot more, you know, do more destination weddings, work abroad more, which luckily is happening already slowly but surely. 
And um, I just want to, you know, eventually move into my own place. I'm currently in my parents' place and looking to that with my girlfriend this year. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, I mean, very vague goals and not very personable. I think I think the biggest goal that I set myself, I kind of want to avoid it because it talks my money. You know, six figures, obviously, that's something that I really want to strive for. It's not a goal that's going to be reached in three years, probably not five years, but who knows, you know, doesn't no one knows what's going to happen, uh, but it's a goal that I would eventually want to get to where, you know, I can do that. It's a massive goal, but it's something that kind of keeps me keeps me on my toes and keeps me going okay I need to keep doing something I need to do something here I need to take this on I need to work a bit harder so it's probably what I say are, are the kind of best goals I can think of <laughs> yeah the thing, thing is so like you know it's good to see that you're thinking so far in the future as well because I do the exact same thing like I have I always say to people is like aim for the sky is like your doable goals but like goals that would take you not like a week, not a month, but like a year maybe, because you don't, because at the end of the day, you are on this planet. Well, most people are on this planet for like, I think there was like a, a survey done the other week, actually, it was uh, last week, not last week, sorry, the week before that, I forgot, it's Monday today. There was, was, well, it was something like most people live until like they're 85, 86 seems to be like the, obviously people live longer, but the average age is about that. So you're on the planet for a long time. So the fact that like you speak to people and they're like, yeah, I have this weekly goal. It's like, okay, what are we next week? I'll be the week after and that. But then as, as I was saying, I say to people, I have sky goals, but then like moon goals, and then all, because I'm, I'm a huge astronomer, I like that type of stuff. Mm. Having like Mars goals, like goals that are like miles out there that you might reach some, but they're not going to take you a week. It's going to take you like, like 100 weeks, 200 weeks, 300 weeks, 400 weeks, that type of things for a long, long, long time. But mm. is there like a goal that, um, like, I know you're, you know, we just spoke about your goals, but is there a goal beyond that that's maybe that you would consider, you know, unattainable that you're like, that you have on your mind every day? Um, probably, yeah, ish. Um, I think probably, I, I, I mean, I don't think any goal is impossible unless you're going for something, oh, I want to start a company on uh, Neptune or something, you know, something mm -hmm. ridiculous. I think every goal is achievable. It's just all about timeframes. Um, you know, I, I could say my goal is to earn a milli. Um, it's not realistic to do in a month. It's not realistic to maybe in a year. Well, not for a year right now, mm -hmm. but, you know, 10 years, who knows, you know? So I would say probably my kind of furthest away goal is for kind of all, all the things that I do to eventually just run themselves and with minimum input from me where you know for example the wedding brand i have a strong team that i rely on to just just work for themselves and do their own stuff you know i, I want to have a team that i can give admin to someone who organizes everything the creatives that go out shoot these weddings and then editors that get these weddings done i'd love to have that around an autopilot um same with Reza, autopilot and you know i think that's eventually a goal is um to have everything running on its own because then you know really long long thinking retirement i'll have retirement fund but i'll also have you know dividends and stuff coming from there and that's obviously a really really long goal and really boring for some people but it's something that i think it's it's probably the the biggest ultimate target at the end to finish my life with you know that those things running themselves still being up whether that's my children running out or whatever whatever um to have that on the side and to i mean morbidly to pass away with all these things still going on you know mm. i want to kind of keep the legacy of those going just because um i i just love the idea of in 50 years time my children or whoever takes away from me can keep running and they they can you know enjoy the the fruits of uh the fruits from my tree i guess is the best way to put it yeah and uh like i always like to finish on uh, that's it's a very positive note to finish on but i've got a, another question i'd like to to ask yourself you know you're quite business-minded for being 23 um 
I'm curious, where, where, where does that come from? Like, you don't have to, again, you don't have to say like maybe mm. what your parents do or nothing like that, but like, mm. where does the business, because that, like, as, as viewers of the podcast, you know, as you're, this, you're the kind of like within the handful of few people that I've spoken to that are, you know, considered younger and they all have this business mindset. And I'm always curious, like, where does this come from? Because you don't just wake up one day and be like, I want to have a company because a lot of work and stress, as you know. So where, mm. where, where did that come from for yourself? I think um, there is two kind of answers to it. First one is a bit more, not boring, but a little bit more dry. And then the other is probably a bit more refined. Well, the first one is money. <laughs> you know, I mean, let's not hide it. I, I, I do like my money. I do like spending it. I like treating myself. I like, you know, doing nice things. So that's probably a huge, huge reason why I actually chased it. Because, you know, I said this to myself when I started is if I couldn't match the money I was earning in a nine to five job, I'm not going to do it. It's just, there's no point, you know? Um, luckily I managed to beat that and managed to sort myself. But I think the second one is probably more from my um, competitive background. You know, I'm, I'm so extremely competitive, unhealthily competitive. <laughs> and it's to the point where, you know, it is quite unhealthy, quite <laughs> out there. But when I see someone doing something, I'm like, oh God, I need to do it better. I need to, I need to do it better than them. Even if it's someone I love or someone I really like, I just, I look at it and go, oh, I need to, I need to do better. So not in a, like in a healthy way that I hate them or something, but it's like, oh, this person filmed this amazing after maybe for a festival. The next one I do needs to be better than that. The next one in there, it needs to be, you know, it, it, I don't reach out and say to people, look, I made a better after movie videographer, but it's like, I look at them and I, I also almost work and think, okay, I want the person who paid for that film to look at mine and go, God, this is, this is really good. Maybe, maybe, you know, obviously I, I don't want to take anyone out of work, but I think that's where it eventually came from because I was so competitive with wanting to be not the best, but wanting to do better than, what I did before and I think that kind of eventually grew into me wanting to be really strategic with it because there comes a point where your work does so much you know I you can make the best cinema films in the world you can make you know the most incredible movies in the world but if you can't market yourself if you can't have a business attitude and if you can't sell yourself it's gonna that's not gonna go anywhere so you can be competitive all you want with filming and making the best films but if you're not business-minded if you're not thinking about it as a, as a job or as work, it's all going to fall through eventually, unfortunately. So it's got to be, you got to be competitive in your business for you to be business-like in your work. And like I said, it's a round trip of doing it, but it's kind of like a, a train of thought where everything kind of eventually connects to being competitive in what you do. And that's, that's what makes you business-like. And that's the thing that I think where I kind of stemmed it from really. Yeah. Like, a, it's like a, uh, um, a mind map in a way like all stems from one little thing but yeah I do want to but again we'll get um what what because obviously they will be in the, the bio but because of obviously it being on like Spotify and that there is no there's the bio but it's not the same I can't remember what somebody told me once it doesn't look the same I think I think they're show notes aren't they yeah, yeah so it's a little bit different but so what's your uh what is your social media so that people can again it'll be in the bio and also like uh, again I'll follow them so they'll be in uh NKL's combos uh follow us as well so what's your what's your what's your social medias yeah so the two most active ones to reach out to me personally is my instagram and my linkedin my linkedin i always say you know if people have like questions on how to do business and how to you know any anything that i can help with i always say you know contact my linkedin which is obviously alex rogers now 
it's an extremely common name so you're going to have to scroll down quite a lot but you'll <laughs> know exactly which one it is um and on instagram it's at alex rogers media and that's the best place to kind of um socially engage you know i always uh, respond to messages i comment on everyone then uh, keep it quite social so those are the two best to kind of uh reach out or connect or do whatever people do nowadays you know it used to be follow or it used to be messaged by it could be connect anything you want uh, i'm kind of the most uh, most active on both of those yeah and no, i appreciate that and again i do want to say like thank you for your time because at the end of the day and i always say this i say this every single time but you're like the fact how you can give somebody even like one second of your time to respond back to like a message or anything that means a lot more to people than what you could ever think like that's to it, it, it takes a lot to message um, what well, is it's a truthful way of saying it random people like and be like you know mm. do you want to collect from my fee for me do you want to come on my show and I never know sometimes it gets you know no thanks or sometimes it gets like yourself up you know yeah I'd love to so I, I really appreciate that and uh, everybody as well as I always say that um, at the, towards the end of the show we're in 2022 now and if you have any goals you should go for them but also like if you're struggling with mental health and that and things like that you should really like sit down and tell somebody because like there's been like ever since the podcast I've done in that, which you guys can go back and watch that, that we uh, we talked about it. We both got messages from people and like, it's great to see, it's great to see we can help people. Again, we're not medical trained or nothing like that, but through going through experience, you kind of have like a better avenue about it as someone that never has. But it's been me. And I think, I think on top of that, I want to add one thing though. Always put yourself first. Always put your mental health and your physical health first before anything. As much as we talk business and self-employment, those two things always come first. And, you know, uh, your viewers, as you said, it's quite important to remember your mental health and always you know if you ever feel yourself putting your business your work in front of your health and mental men mentality in general you're doing something wrong that's just how it is you have to put yourself first you have to put your health first and as you said very right Carl, talk to someone you know whether that's a professional whether that's a friend always talk to someone if work is getting too much self-employment is not not right for you or in general if something bothers you speak to someone and always put that first yeah i couldn't i honestly couldn't agree more um and again, if you guys want to reach out to me, there's obviously NKL's combos, obviously Mr. Big Hell, but that's a complete personal fitness account. So if you want to get me there, you can follow my little lifts for get me there. Anyway, like, comment, subscribe, and uh, thank you again. And uh, thank you guys for watching. Thank you very much. Great to have, great to be here. It's my pleasure.